welcome to Misunderstood, a podcast dedicated to better understanding MS and learning to live well with MS. I'm your host, Katie Sloan. Our usual reminders as we begin. First, I am not an expert, just someone like you living with MS and trying to make the best of it. Misunderstood is based on my personal experience, what I've learned over the years from my doctors, other care providers, and my own solutions-oriented research and pattern finding. While the majority of the information I share here has been vetted by doctors, I am not a doctor. My intention is that you use the information shared here as a springboard for discussion between you and your doctor regarding your future care options. And lastly, MS impacts each of us uniquely. I'll share a wide range of approaches and strategies for living better with MS, but what you choose to do with that information is always your choice, and what works for one may not work for all. Last week, we learned about the importance of exercise and movement. We talked about the need to possibly redefine what exercise is as we change throughout the course of our life, both with age and whatever challenges our MS brings our way. We looked at the recommendations for exercise and movement, specifically for MS, and heard from two guests, James and Karen, about their experience and success with the MS Gym program. I hope the episode, if nothing else, encouraged you to get or keep moving. This week, we're going to look at hypnosis as a powerful symptom management tool for MS. This episode will be short and sweet, mostly because when I met with today's guest, whom I'll introduce shortly, I was so inspired by her story and the incredible sense of calm I felt just talking with her that I decided intentionally to not do a bunch of research on hypnosis like I typically would for an episode, but this time rather, invite you to come along with me on the journey as I commit to trying hypnosis for healing some of my own MS symptoms. I start next week, and I'll keep you informed of my progress as I go. Before we dig into the interview, I do want to share just a tad about what first sparked my interest in exploring hypnosis. My dear fellow flock member, Christy, whom listeners met in our newly diagnosed episode, years ago now experienced tremendous results using hypnosis to quit smoking. That was the first I had heard of using hypnosis as a healing tool. More recently, fellow flock member James, whom listeners met last week during our exercise and movement episode, also mentioned that he was looking into participating in a study on hypnosis for MS. My previous knowledge, and I use that word loosely, was mostly what I had seen in movies, which is not terribly accurate, I have since learned. On my personal MS journey, I have learned a lot about how my thoughts can either be a powerful healing tool or a detriment to my health. I now know that I can rewrite pathways in my brain to stop a panic attack through journaling, for instance. And I know that establishing strong boundaries is a must for good health. 
You may recall in our previous boundary episodes, we looked at research from one expert who believed that leaky boundaries cause leaky gut. One reason they believe so many folks who suffer from autoimmune issues experience drastic healing success when focusing on gut health restoration. And one specific part of boundary work that I've recently been focusing on is not letting in hurtful words that I know not to be true. When I read this quote, it rang quite true for me. The entire sea of water can't sink a ship unless it gets inside the ship. Similarly, the negativity of the world can't put you down unless you allow it to get inside you. Since this year is one of, if not the most stressful I can recall, now more than ever, I want to have better control over my own thoughts and how those thoughts impact both my physical and mental health. Dorothy M. Nettermeyer says it best, life is 10% what we experience and 90% how we respond to it. In my quest for developing a healing mindset, Research confirmed that if we truly want to change our lives, we must first be willing to change our minds. I believe, after talking with my guests today, that hypnotherapy might just be exactly what I'm looking for. My gratitude today is actually for you. Yes, you. As I mentioned, 2020 has been quite a year for a lot, if not all of us. Launching this podcast in May has helped me so much in navigating the crazy ride this year has been, and that it's given me a real sense of purpose and something to focus on when times were rough. While I typically selfishly choose topics that have helped me progress on my personal MS journey, it's been extremely rewarding to hear that others have benefited from my research and the sharing of my own healing efforts. I want to thank you sincerely for listening and for your emails and messages, sharing your thoughts and gratitude for this podcast. I'd also like to give a special shout out of thanks to my generous Patreon supporters. You truly fuel my fire. And lastly, thank you to my fellow flock members. Some of you I've known for a few years now and other relationships are newer, but each of you, Yes, each of you holds a very special place in my heart. You have helped me learn and grow into a much better person through your many words of wisdom and the exemplar you are for me in so many ways. With you in my life, I truly feel like I can handle whatever MS or life throws my way. To me, Thanksgiving has always been a lot more about expressing gratitude and spending time with family than the food. This year, we won't have the family or the typical Thanksgiving foods, but we will savor and celebrate our gratitude. Please know that this year, I definitely count you amongst my many blessings. Thank you for your encouragement. I appreciate all the supportive honking and send it back to you as well. Without further ado, let's listen in on my brief conversation with Sanjali Deguida. Sanjali has MS herself and experienced such incredible personal success through hypnosis that it's now what she does professionally. 
I'll share a bit more about hypnosis following our conversation. So thank you so much for meeting with us today. I really appreciate you being here. Thank and I'm, I'm hoping you can share a little bit with us about your MS journey and how you first became interested in using hypnosis as a tool for your MS symptom management. Oh, okay. Well, um, so we go back a few years ago and I had a very different life and I was working in a executive position in, uh, in the corporate world in manufacturing. And it was very high pressure. I was doing those very long hours, 80 hour weeks. I was smoking a lot to manage my stress. I had no time to make food for myself. I gained a bunch of weight. Uh, I wasn't sleeping and I had a lot of pain and my health just declined and declined and declined. And then, so I got to a point that my health got, um, I was quite concerned about it. I had terrible pain in my legs. And around right before that time, I went to go see a hypnotist because I'd just gotten married and I promised my husband I would stop smoking. So I saw a hypnotist and lo and behold, I was kind of shocked that it, it worked. And I've been kind of unconsciously using hypnosis on myself for years, but I almost didn't 100% believe in it. So um, I stopped smoking and I was wowed by it. And then a few months later, I just had um, pretty bad exacerbation on my symptoms of MS and I had terrible pain in my legs. And I looked everywhere for a different type of solution. I did a lot of natural remedies. And uh, finally, just by accident, I found a, a, another hypnotist in another province who specialized or who was very good at pain management. And I decided because I was interested and I was off work during that time that I would actually train in it. And she hypnotized me and taught me how to manage my pain. And it, it just blew me away. And then from then I was like, I would love to do this as a career and help other people in this. And it was from there, I just, I never looked back my old life. So it was quite a magical experience. What a beautiful, beautiful story. You know, I've heard there are actually a couple of members of the flock, which are the listeners for this podcast, mm -hmm. that have had similar experiences with success with hypnotism for smoking. But I did not know until I met you that it also could be a strategy for other symptoms. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think of, of all the other symptoms there are the most um, prominent one, I think that I work with clients who have a host of other ailments. So being MS, fibromyalgia, um, just I've had a lot of clients who've had cancer before somebody in their family who's had cancer and stress is the silent killer. And so managing your stress levels when you have a debilitating illness is really important because sometimes it's like you're, when you're in the the, the glass jar, you can't read the label, right? So you forget to see possibility and discovery and all you can focus on is how you have this terrible, you know, illness and that becomes the focal point of your life. So stress management is, is probably the most common one that I would do with, with many clients. I could not agree more. So let's dive deeper into learning about hypnosis in general, especially for those of us who might not know much. What is it? How does it work? For whom does it work? And what are some reasons some might consider hypnosis? Okay, so a good reason anybody would consider hypnosis is that sometimes we get stuck in our pattern. So if you know, I think we've all had them in our lives where we want to change, I want to do this, but I should do that. And so so it could be something like, hey, I, I want to diet. So I want to just, you know, eat healthy. 
or I should eat healthy, but I want to eat the chips or the donuts or, you know, cookies or whatever. And so anybody who's caught in a, a loop has this ability through hypnosis to create these changes and transformations. So it really helps us break out of the patterns that rule. So everybody has these patterns that kind of dominate them, right? So you have people who are very security minded. So everything that they, they're really trying to prove to everybody and to themselves how safe they are, right? And you have people who are rules and membership oriented and everything they do, or most of the things that they do in many respects is they want to adhere to these rules or belong to their group. So you have like, to give you an example, you know, if, um, we'd see like people in a biker gang, we think that, you know, they're, they're all terrible or scary or whatnot. And it's actually, they're very much rulesy people as well. So, and then you have people who are freedom minded, right? And they are trying to prove how free they are. And so this pattern, so, and all of these things, none of them are wrong. It's just, they might dictate how we react in certain circumstances, or they might not be useful in other circumstances. So a freedom minded person might be drawn to a career, like let's say real estate or entrepreneurship, right? And so they have, they make great entrepreneurs, but there's also times when they try and be so free that they might sabotage themselves if that makes sense to you. And then you have people who are self-expressive and they're trying to prove how unique they are. And so these people might, you know, if you were to stereotype them, they might have, you know, a lot of tattoos or fun colored hair or be very artsy and think this is just the way I am. And their life is very dictated by them expressing themselves. And finally, you have people who are very competency minded or what we like to call smarty pants. And they're very much trying to prove how smart they are to themselves, right? And so these patterns, none are bad, but there's times in life when they're, yes, a little bit less useful. So by addressing those and kind of leading them towards possibility and breaking those patterns, they're able to see, ah, discovery or what is possible if I didn't do things in exactly this way. So how hypnosis works, believe it or not, Katie, you have been hypnotized many, many times in your life, which Wonderful. is interesting. And I tell that to people and they're like, how so? Because there's this misconception that there's all this juju behind it. But so for example, if you've ever watched a movie and it was really funny, so you find yourself laughing along, or if you've ever seen The Notebook, because that one's usually a great example, and you find yourself, you know, getting teary-eyed or reacting to the plot, that's you being emotionally suggestible, which is a part of hypnosis, right? Or so for anyone who's driven before, another great example is if you've ever driven, let's say, a little while, and then all of a sudden you pop up in your driveway, and you're like, hey, where did the the last 10 blocks go where have I been right and you're kind of on autopilot that was you being in a trance-like state which is also a part of hypnosis yeah. wow that's fascinating mm-hmm. and I love looking at it that way yeah and it, it's pretty neat it, it is as simple as that is that we are in hypnotic trances all the time you know smokers in many respects our job is to unhypnotize them because they've done a fabulous job of convincing themselves that they love cigarettes which is interesting. So all hypnosis is actually self-hypnosis. So the hypnotist is just the guide or the instructor, which is a very interesting point to a lot of people. Fascinating. I've never thought of it that way. So thank you for opening my eyes to that. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure. So in terms of symptom management, can you share some ways that hypnosis can specifically complement a treatment plan for those of us living with MS? Sure. Well, so I can also speak from my my own experience, but also a lot of the clients that I've seen. Um, And so 
as I mentioned before, stress is the silent killer. So whether you have MS and it's not terrible, life is always throwing us like these little challenges. And for people with MS, you know, there's the physical limitations or physical challenges. There's the emotional ones. Um, a lot of people with MS are sort of, um, that they get like a lot of emotional or let's say depressive times in their life. And sometimes it's, it's not because of circumstances. It's, you know, literally an imbalance in, in their chemicals and um, so, and also pain management. So I do believe that there's this really magical mind body connection, which uh, a lot of my clients, and I won't give a testimony to this exactly, but a lot of my clients, when we do teach them self-hypnosis are using this as a healing technique and they find that their symptoms are improved a lot. And it, a lot of it has to do with the mood that they have, right? So it's improving the mood. It's, it's managing the stress, seeing what the possibilities are opening that up again. And then of course the pain management helps a lot, which is a great, um, great compliment to any treatment plan. Definitely. Do you have uh, an anonymous success story or two that you could share? Oh yeah. So, um, I actually had, uh, wow, I've got a bunch of them. So I had this, uh, this client actually, so she had a lot of myalgia. So she had MS and a lot, a lot of myalgia in her arms and in her legs. And she got to the point that she tried to work and have a regular job. And she was a single mom also. And she got to the point that it was so painful for her to just sit down and she couldn't, you know, and she had a desk job. So she was forced off work and she was a single mom and there was problems in the family and she had siblings who had cancer. She had a father who was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, she was just unhappy. And because she was so unhappy, there was other little changes that were res resulting out of this. So, you know, and some people sometimes are not happy. They might have a little bit, they might, it might spill over into their relationship. So she was fighting a lot with her friends. She lost a lot of her friends. Uh, she wasn't feeling happy. She felt a lot of guilt about what she had. So what we did is, of course, we worked on her pain, but there was also a big part of, of self-acceptance because a lot of people who have, you know, MS is that there tends to be an anger sometimes. Um, it's just like when we have any big change in life. So it's just like what I bring up to all my clients is that there's this bell curve of change. And I think we've all seen this, especially during COVID, is that as we go through these big changes, there's the usual sort of motions that we go through, the anger, the bargaining, the denial, the sadness. And then when we go, move through that, we can actually get to acceptance. So it's a, a worked a lot with accepting what happens and sort of surrendering to it. And then from that, she was able to manage her pain. She was able to go back to work. She repaired her relationships and she started dating again, which was great because she got so scared about life and so down on herself that she couldn't possibly think of ever dating ever again. So it was, it was something. And she felt more confident as a mother also, which was great. What a beautiful transformation all around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really wow. something. So and kudos to you for being an integral piece of that. That must also feel very rewarding for you. I mean, I want to say it's rewarding, but again, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. So I'm just guiding them and all the clients do all the magic by themselves. And that's it. It really is. So typically when clients come to see me, it's deciding they make a decision that they want to change and hypnosis is used to support that decision. So it's really, we really have to commend the clients for doing all the work on that. 
I will also say as a former educator that a skilled facilitator is important. So I'm going to, I'm going to force you to, to at least hear from me, how my, my gratitude for your helping other people, because that's an incredible transformation and um, really makes me personally more interested in experiencing this for myself to see how I could grow in some of the ways you spoke to. Is there anyone else that comes to mind that you'd like to speak about? Um, so maybe not even MS related, but it does, there's often overlap. So there's people with um, MS that of course, again, like your mood isn't great. And um, there's maybe some difficulties in accepting their circumstances. And so them leveling with themselves maybe isn't happening. So a lot of them look to food or cigarettes or sometimes, you know, pot or other drugs for relief from, from the bad feelings or the scary feelings that come. So I did have a client with MS who, oh, he gained a lot of weight. Like he was, he's quite close to 400 pounds. And so this weight was actually deteriorating his health even more. And he was smoking cigarettes, which is when you have MS as it's, it's terrible in the first place, but it's, exceptionally terrible when you have MS and what it does to your brains and, and also, you know, in, in terms of the progression of the disease. So he actually came in for weight loss and he lost over 150 pounds, which was something. And so he never thought himself the person to exercise ever. Like he was like, I don't like it. It's not my thing. I don't think he ate vegetables ever. He just thought they were gross and, you know, and he like just little changes and we do it so gradually that it just, it makes sense to them. So it's not to spook them. And there's a lot of people like, you know, they'll, Hey, I want to get fit. And then, so all of a sudden they turn militant about going to the gym and working out, you know, 60 hours, uh, sorry, like 60 minutes a day. And so if you go from zero to that, while you might feel great for three weeks, chances are in the next little while you will stop and then it'll be the reverse. Right. And so what's magic about that is that this gentleman, he tried everything to lose weight. So he did keto. Um, he did, uh, there's this herbal magic thing. He tried that, like all the fad diets, he did intermittent fasting only to gain the weight back plus some every time. And then, so with this, it's like, we just showed him, you know, basically eating the right foods and the right quantities at the right times, but in a way that he actually enjoys it, which is pretty magical. And he started exercising, he started eating well, and just as a consequence, because he took his health into his own hands, his MS symptoms were drastically better. And that, so that muscle weakness that a lot of people get was improved drastically. Like he couldn't walk, um, I would say probably five minutes before he started his program. And then at the end, like he's, he's walking every day now. What a is, phenomenal turnaround. Yeah, it was something. So yeah. Now a follow-up question for that. Cause you said this was gradual, you know, mm -hmm. some therapies that we might talk about might be something where you go a couple of times and that's all you need, or mm -hmm. um, it's sometimes you, it's a longer term investment. Can you talk a little bit about hypnosis in those terms? So it really does depend on the client. So a weight loss program is typically longer, um, but it's, it's again, when people have that expectancy of losing a massive amount of weight in a short period of time, it's, it's not feasible and it's not sustainable at all. It, it won't last. Um, I think the statistic is, again, don't quote me on this, 76% of people who diet end up gaining the weight back plus them. 
And so this is not a diet, it's a lifestyle change. And so they're intrinsically, let's say, motivated to make these changes. So a weight loss plan is over time. Um, and then I ju we just follow up with them, keep them on track, make sure they're going in the right direction. But like if you had stress management, it could be just a few sessions. So something that's really interesting about hypnosis is that um, there was studies or various studies that show that there was about 600 hours of psychotherapy um, to create a change, whereas hypnosis just needed about six sessions to create with a, I think it was something in the 80 or 90 something percent um, revival rate. Yeah. Or success wow. rate. So, and, and so it's not, you know, ongoing forever, but it's just the transformations can happen that way. So it can be also a great compliment to, uh, to other therapies in that respect. Yeah. What a powerful therapy. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to talk a little bit about some reservations that some people might have, um, especially those of us that are less familiar with hypnosis. So what are some of those common misconceptions? For example, can I be made to do something against my will? Can I lose control? Or do I have to worry about getting stuck in hypnosis forever? Okay, so that's a great question. And I think one one common one that people do want to know. So while you're in hypnosis, okay, you will not be able to you won't do anything that you're opposed to spiritually, physically, morally, right? Now, the question is, if you don't have moral code, what happens, but that's up to your imagination, right? So a lot of people see like stage hypnotists and think that what's, that's what it's about, which is it is a type of hypnosis, but it's not what they, they do. So of course, is that when people are under hypnosis at any time, if they wanted to pop their eyes open, they always could. So it is a common misconception. Mm -hmm. And so it's also another question that people ask is like, who can be made, you know, to be hypnotized, right? And so great question is there's three people, everybody can be hypnotized. As we said, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. You've experienced it so many times in your life, but there's three types of people who cannot be hypnotized. Okay. So the first person is somebody who's very inebriated, very drunk, plastered, and that's just because they can't focus long enough to, to concentrate. Right. And then you have the second person who's a person who clinically has an IQ below 70. And once again, it's because, you know, they can't concentrate for a long enough period to, to kind of surrender to the hypnosis. But if anyone's listening to this, you do not fall under that category. You need not worry. And then the third person is everybody's um, least favorite person. And that is the smart Alec, smart Alec. So this person absolutely has to prove to themselves or others how smart and powerful and strong-willed they are that they couldn't possibly be hypnotized. And that is because they just don't want to. And so to, to show you a bit of this, Katie, if you're willing to show, if you're willing to try this out right now and anyone who's listening is that we can show you how hypnosis can work and how you can simply be hypnotized. So this won't make you be hypnotized in your chair, but it'll make your eyes get a little bit heavy and it'll be a great experience for you. Wonderful. I'm excited. Okay, great. So I'll ask you to sit down and of course you're sitting down and put your hands on your laps with your arms and your legs uncrossed. And you can go ahead and whoever's listening, you can just listen to my instructions because it is a test to see how well you listen to my instructions. So you can go ahead and close your eyes. And as you close your eyes, I want you to relax your eyelids as much as you can. And you'll begin to notice you can relax your eyelids so very much that they begin to feel heavy and stuck tight. And soon, the harder you tug at the eyelids, the heavier they feel. With your eyes comfortably closed, rolling your eyeballs gently upwards, 
That's right, rolling the eyeballs gently upwards. You notice now that the eyelids are heavy and stuck tight, like they're sealed shut. And the harder you tug at the eyelids, the heavier they feel. And you'll notice that the eyebrows can move up and down with such ease. That's right, the eyebrows move up and down with such ease, but the eyelids remain heavy and stuck tight. And you'll notice you can tug twice as hard at the eyelids and they remain just twice as stuck. Go ahead and satisfy yourself of that sensation. And when you feel comfortably satisfied, you can look forward and pop your eyes open. Good. Okay, so that was kind of weird, right? It was like, I can, I can't, tug, tug, right? And yeah. so, so anyone who felt or experienced the heaviness in the eyelids, you can be commended on an excellent attention span. And for anyone else, not to worry, maybe you were distracted somewhere or in your head thinking, is this working or am I doing this properly? And you can get it next time. So not a problem. Wonderful. That even of itself was just incredibly relaxing and rejuvenating, oddly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that simple. It's that wow. Simple. Now, if someone listening today is intrigued and interested in learning more about using hypnosis for treating their MS, what avenues would you suggest? So avenues, so to, to get a hold of me, you can always try hypnosis. So I am a part of um, a great network of hypnotists across North, North America, which is the Master Hypnotist Society. I do recommend to anyone um, that if they do seek a hypnotist to seek somebody within this network, and you could always reach out to me if that's the case. So right now in light of COVID, everybody's doing some online sessions now. So that's opened that up again. So traditionally, I think when people, there wasn't that many hypnotists around and, and hypnosis was done a lot over the phone. And now we get that little extra layer. So we get visual now. So it, it's, it's really fun and we can work across time zones and across countries, which is really great. So for anyone who was, who's interested, I do actually offer a free screening, which is great. And this free hypnotic screening is to assess if you're, if it's a good fit for you. And also if I can take them as a client. And so they could always reach out to me through my website, which is www.westislandhypnosis.ca. Again, that's www.westislandhypnosis.ca and uh, reach out to me and you can send an email through there and we can go ahead and set up your free screening and see if this is a good fit for you for whatever change. But it's also noteworthy to know that it's any type of change. So I see a bunch of things. I have people who, who you know, maybe have some difficulty sleeping, uh, people who might have some issues in their relationship because they've had controlling issues and they want to work on that. You have people who want to just come for, to let's say, improve their eating habits. You have people who have come in with fear. So I've seen fear of uh, vomit, uh, fear of bridges, fear of fainting, fear of spiders, so many fears. So any types of change that you you looking to make and you want to get out of that repetitive sort of tape loop that you're in, hypnosis can help. So it's, a, it's quite a magical tool to, to use. It sounds like it. I am so intrigued. I'm hooked. Um, now you mentioned too that, you know, right now people are looking for opportunities that are virtual. Mm -hmm. Some therapies translate better to that than others. What mm -hmm. would you say about hypnosis and doing it virtual versus in person? 
Um, so to me, it, it is the same. So as you as you just saw with our little hypnotic test or that we just did, is that is it is just about the attention. So we do like to see each other, but it's really listening and following instructions. And that's what it is. And of course, everybody likes that that personal interaction that you get, it does translate over to the computer. So I have lots of clients who maybe started off in the clinic and then changed over to, you know, to doing it virtually, because, you know, the world sort of shut down a little bit around us right now, and they're more comfortable, and it works fantastic. So there's not really a difference. It really is about the attention span and the connection with the person. So there's not, uh, I didn't find that it's, it put a stall on anything at all. That's really good news. I think right now, a lot of us are kind of living without those therapies that really help us mm -hmm. keep going. Um, I know for me, cranial sacral acupuncture, they're all not happening right now. And so that's why I've been really interested in seeking out these helpful therapies that can be done across the interwebs. So that's really exciting to me. And thank you so much. Cause it seems like right now, this would be a great opportunity for someone who is interested in trying it to mm -hmm. give it a try. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is, it is a great time, you know, it's COVID. So a lot of people are more into, you know, working on themselves, improving their life and addressing things. Cause it's almost like, Hey, when the world opens up again, you know, a lot of us will have a lot of less time. There's more transit to do. We get busied with other things. So it is, it is the best gift you can give to yourself. And it is a good time to, to sign up just for your free screening. So for the month of uh, November, I am offering 30% off programs. So if you just book your screening in that, it's a good time and a good gift to yourself that we all deserve, right? So excellent. I think so. Is there anything else we haven't talked about yet that you'd like to share about hypno hypnosis today? I mean, I can't think of anything off my head. Um, I just, uh, I mean, my, my closing remarks on this is that I was, uh, I feel like I was gifted in many ways that I found this tool kind of by accident, and it completely changed my life. And I think of if I were to fast forward my life 10 years from now, uh, where I was before versus now, there's such a massive difference. And I couldn't imagine being in my old way, just, you know, stressed and smoking and not sleeping well and overeating and all of that. Um, there's such a difference. And I've seen such phenomenal changes in people that I just invite everyone to just at least try a screening and see if it's a good fit for you. And just imagine if you had this magic wand and there was a change that you really wanted to make, what do you see? What do you feel? And what do you hear? And then based on that, that's the direction you want to go with hypnosis to make it, to make it happen. Wow. I'm so inspired. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, I think when I look back in my own life too, I'm a very different person now. And, and I actually would not choose to go back. It doesn't sound like you would either. No, nope, you couldn't pay me. You couldn't pay me all the money in the world. There's not one thing. And, and I have to say, I'm fortunate that I absolutely love what I do. I really love what I do. And um, the people I work with are fantastic. And seeing them make those changes for themselves is just it's the best gift you can possibly get. That's wonderful. So it sounds like you, like me, actually think of this MS as a little bit of a gift. It's opened up our eyes um, to different opportunities that feel very authentic and, and very um, worth our time on this planet. Exactly, exactly. And we also have to ask ourselves, like, what path would we be on if we didn't have MS? You know, how would our lives be different? 
And, and it's almost in many senses, I feel in a lot of clients, I think I've dealt with, or they feel healthier after their sessions than if they never had it, because they know control my stress, control my mood, you know, manage that stress. And through managing the stress is really managing the symptoms in a very drastic way. So it's, it's, you can't put a price on that. It's amazing. Well, Sanjali, I'm so grateful that you were with us today. And I know I, for one, look forward to booking some time with you okay. to um, see how this can help me continue on my journey to living well with MS. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor, truly. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed learning a bit about hypnosis from Sanjali. Isn't she such an incredible human? I am super excited to start my own personal hypnosis journey with her next week. And I promise to do a follow-up episode at some point in the future to share more about my experience. If you choose to join me on that journey, let me know if you'd be willing to share your experience in that future episode as well, as I always prefer to share perspectives beyond my own, since we each have unique challenges and experience unique wins. I want to share just a few things that I read about hypnosis in general that played a role in my decision to try hypnosis as an MS symptom management tool. First, and Sonjali mentioned this a bit, the American Health Magazine did a study to show the effectiveness of hypnosis. And they found first that with psychoanalysis, there's a 38% recovery rate for clients after 600 sessions. Behavior therapy, clients experienced 72% recovery after 22 sessions. And hypnotherapy, clients showed 93% recovery after just six sessions. And research regarding clinical hypnosis says that while effective methods vary by practitioner, hypnotherapy is a natural phenomenon that can consistently be relied upon to enable relaxation, improve learning, generate energy, increase one's ability to cope, is harmonious and motivating with clients creating their own goals, so it inspires us to find new solutions. And in fact, studies show that hypnosis for MS specifically is highly effective for anxiety, pain, insomnia, and much more. Hypnosis is not a cure for MS, but it can be a very powerful way of managing changes, both physical and emotional. The benefits of using hypnosis to improve immune function are actually well documented, and hypnotherapy can also help us with fatigue management, urinary and bowel issues, stress reduction, loss of confidence caused by changes in our abilities, or loss of aspects of our identity. It can also help with pain, sleep issues, fear of being dependent on our partners or caregivers, fear of how MS may play a role in our future as we age, and it can teach us ways to achieve deep relaxation to calm our central nervous system. When defining his job as a hypnotherapist, Igor Ledauchi says, our job is to make sure that the seed we plant is firmly planted and we have all the nutrients surrounding the subconscious so it can deal with things in life. 
Since I'm really into resiliency, self-reliance, and building agency and self-advocacy skills, it definitely seems like a good fit for me, and I'm really excited. Milton H. Erickson states, You use hypnosis not as a cure, but as a means of establishing a favorable climate in which to learn. I'm ready. I'll keep you posted on my progress. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Sanjali today about using hypnotism as a powerful tool for MS symptom management, or really for any change you might be wanting to make in your life. The biggest takeaways I hope you leave with from this episode today are, one, that there is a lot of evidence that shows we can achieve what our mind believes, and hypnotherapy is a highly effective tool to make our minds stronger and much more resilient. According to Richard Bandler, the easier we can make things inside our head, the easier we can make things outside our head. Secondly, experiencing hypnotherapy and learning how to self-hypnotize can be an extremely powerful tool that we can use throughout our lifetime to ensure we're living the life we want. And three, I hope if you have aspects of your life, MS-related or not, that aren't quite what you wish they were, that you might consider also unleashing the power of hypnotherapy for yourself by reaching out to Sanjali. Because, as we've said before, It's important to remember that in our lives, nothing changes if nothing changes. Until next week, I hope we'll all be thinking about ways we strengthen our minds to help us live well with MS. Mark Twain said, continuous improvement is better than delayed perfection. Flock members, I look forward to seeing you on Saturday to further discuss hypnotism as a therapy option for MS symptom management. Bring your questions. Sanjali will unfortunately not be joining our meeting on Saturday, but she strongly encourages all interested listeners to reach out to her for a free session where she can answer any questions you may have and to see if hypnotism might be a therapy you'd like to try. Her contact information one more time, and I'll also post this on our Patreon page for listeners. Sanjali Deguida www.westislandhypnosis.ca. Yep, that's Canada, folks. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday, however you decide to celebrate. I wish you a safe, savory, and gratitude-filled day. I will not release a new episode next week, nor will we have a flock meeting the Saturday after Thanksgiving but definitely plan to tune in following the Thanksgiving holiday. I'll have a special episode dedicated entirely to sharing the online MS education program called True Medicine that I've been building with Dr. Susan and Anne-Marie. They'll both be joining me to share all about our pilot program, which begins in January, and misunderstood listeners will be first to hear about this free learning and healing opportunity. I hope you'll listen in next time to hear more. Following each podcast episode, I offer interactive Zoom sessions for our Patreon listeners to discuss the episode's topic with other members of the flock. Become a patron on patreon.com slash msflock for the Zoom session schedule and invitation links. 
Membership is only $1 a month to access these fun meetups. As always, feel free to submit questions, comments, or future podcast topics or guest ideas to mymsflock at gmail.com. And lastly, as we travel through life with MS, we're certain to hit some turbulence. We'll get through it and with flying colors if we're flying together supporting one another. Thank you for listening and for all you do to support those you know who are also living with MS. Together, we are stronger. Until next time, be well.